There's nothing like a night out on the town, complete with a meal at one's favorite eatery, be it the fanciest restaurant in the city or the popular hangout on West Dodge. There's a lot of great places to eat today, but there's a lot of restaurants that have come and gone. Kim Reiner explores this in a book called Lost Restaurants of Omaha, and Kim's our guest today on Accidentally Historic. Step into our time machine. Real stories of real people. Some good, some bad, some very strange, and all accidentally historic. Welcome to Accidentally Historic, the podcast of the Historical Society of Pottawatomie County. Hi, I'm your host, Richard Warner. Welcome aboard, Kim. You've been spending a lot of time delving into the past, researching those Omaha restaurants that have passed into oblivion. I'm curious if you could bring one of those restaurants back just for a day and walk in, take a look around, have dinner. Which one would you choose? Oh, man. Oh, that is a tough question. I think there's there's one restaurant that I've become fascinated with that is one of the first chapter, one of the beginning chapters. So, like, no one would remember it because it was so long ago. But Hanson's Cafe Beautiful was a chapter that I wrote. And just the the story of the owner and his dream of making this beautiful cafe like captivated me it became king fong's what it was now but when it opened it was supposed to be this elegant european style bistro that was supposed to impress everybody west of the mississippi or supposed to be this grand place it was really tragic and short-lived but like it sounded like an amazing place to just kind of step into okay so it became king fong's then eventually yeah so king and king King fong's was the one of the longest running restaurants so i think some of the um glass work is from that hansen's cafe beautiful and i believe alexander payne now owns it I don't know, I would love to go see it sometime, just go in there. The pictures were beautiful. So in researching the book, you didn't just talk to customers, right? Uh, You frequently mentioned having talked to uh, past employees. Yeah, I wanted to, I mean, because it's, you know, they spent a lot more time probably in there and they had the good, they had the good juicy stories. (laughs) Okay, share some of those good stories with us. Sure. Uh, Italian Gardens. That one was an interesting story. I interviewed Lou Marcuso from Louie M's. I was directed to him because he had all this memorabilia of South Omaha and of restaurants. And when I was talking to him, he mentioned that his his grandmother owned a restaurant and she uh, was a bootlegger. And I was like, what? (laughs) And so we started talking. Talking and she had started Italian Gardens. The the story like some of the, before right before it opened, it was bombed. Um, and they never found out who did it. No one would really talk about details. I'm like, do you ha- do you know who might have like kind of bombed it before it opened? And that was an interesting story where it, it kind of showed part of Omaha's underbelly that some history books don't cover. And um, I, I loved discovering that. And uh, and there are some things I I didn't make it into print just because it was more of like secondhand people gossip of what happened at such and such restaurant but there are a lot of good nuggets from people of like hint at what might have happened at angie's or <laughs> there's yeah it was just um i liked the the dirty side of omaha where it's not all fancy you know it strikes me that some foods we take absolutely for granted today didn't even exist locally just a generation or two back pizza i think would be a good example of that i think it was coniglia's again i think where one of the one of the sons had went off to war and had tried pizza in europe and came back and like told his parents we've got to like 
there's this thing. And who knows if they're the ones that brought it to Omaha, but that was one that, um, one of the early restaurants that served it up. That's so, which I can't imagine life without pizza. <laughs> like I can imagine it was a hit when, it, when they started making it. Yeah, when you think about it, um, the access to different world cuisines didn't happen yet. So once restaurants started opening up with those new flavors, I guess it would be surprising. Yeah, because if you think about it, like early days of Omaha restaurants, you know, it was still steakhouse and German or Bohemian Cafe type stuff where it's it's heavy and it's comfort food. We had the the pockets in the in the neighborhood, so we did have you know Italian and we had you know Czech food. Yeah, I can't think of when different other uh, immigrant groups moved in and brought stuff, but you know now that we have you know South Omaha has like great taco restaurants, so that. I'm not sure when that popped up initially, but now we've got it. <laughs> How about the Bohemian Cafe? What did you learn about it? I think that started out, it was just like a tiny little shop at first, I believe. And that was one of those restaurants where I lived less than a mile away when I was like, I moved home from college and I never went in there. Like I drove by it and it looked so cool, but I never went in there. It just didn't seem like a place that I would just go by myself. And I talked to the family right after it was it was they were in the process of packing up boxes so i got to go in there finally but it was closed at that point and and talk to them about how things started and it was really just it, it totally family like ran until the very end it was like siblings were working in the kitchen together still and so what happened to bohemian cafe it always seemed like it was really busy when i was in there the younger the next generation it was it's it's a big thing to take on and if you're not 100 percent up for you know it, it's I'm pretty sure almost half the restaurant that was like the next generation just wasn't willing or, or able to take on the family business. They had to get in there early to start making like the dumplings. They were there early in the morning and then all all throughout the day. And it's just a long like work day. And I, I, I understand, like I get it. Mm -hmm. Unless your heart's really into it and that's what you love, that'd be hard to step into. So which restaurants have you gotten the most feedback about? You know, Mr. C's, all the Coniglia ones, Venice Inn. And then I get a lot of feedback of restaurants that weren't included. And and to be honest, like some of them I had started researching, like they were on my short list and I just couldn't get a couple facts straight or uh, details that were necessary for it to be included. It's all the more recent ones that people had been to. I was limited on pages. Um, I, I was interested in the restaurants that were in the Blackstone Hotel back in the day. Um, they sounded kind of elegant. I was really curious about them and I just, either I was just pursuing the wrong place to research it or I just, I can't remember exactly why I didn't, what details I couldn't find um, that fell through. I searched for a Jobber's Canyon restaurant. That was a hard one to find. An interesting when I did find the restaurant, Theodore's, I didn't know this, but kind of a friend of a friend, her family had owned it and they had photos. And so it was kind of like, okay, I was searching all over for a restaurant. And then all of a sudden I've got someone who has photos and family stories about it. So that was cool. There's some people who are really passionate about restaurants that wanted me to include them. And I'm like, some of them just didn't have a good story or I couldn't write a full chapter about it. So what about Mr. C's? That was a classic. I'd been in there. Yep. So that was toward the end that I think that we went in there, but only like one time. I just remember Christmas lights. And what was interesting was that that was probably one of the restaurants where people started having photos of going out to eat. Like a lot of these restaurants were before everyone was taking their Instagram pictures. And, but Mr. C's, there were, there are people who have those old photos of that place. And, and then from that point on, there's a lot more photos out there for the reason, for the for the book. It was hard to find photos of older restaurants, obviously. Let's talk drive-ins for a moment. 
I've always heard a lot about Todd's out on West Dodge. Uh, I was never there myself, but it's a name that comes up a lot. Well, yeah, I wanted, I, I remember cruising, and there were def, there were a couple restaurants that were in the circuit. And I know it was like Todd's and Tyner's, uh, maybe one more. But And so I, I didn't want to include all of them. And I think it was Todd's won out because they had the, the mention in like a magazine that being the hangout, I think, one of the top hangouts. of. It was definitely like an era. And I, I grew up after that, but I remember seeing signs of like no cruising on Dodge. And so, so I remember hearing stories about it. So it was just kind of, it fascinated me that that was like the teenage thing. That was a rowdy place, it sounded like. It sounded like a, anyway, it fascinated me, the idea of these, like just teens driving in the circle, looped, and, and like I could picture it, like just kind of honking and waving as you pass another group of teens. So that just kind of had to go in there. I feel like it's a, a, a nugget of youth of Omaha. One of the ones you'd mentioned uh, that I'd certainly never heard of was Otto's Drive-In, O-D-D-O, and I guess it was, that was the fellow's name, Anthony Otto, right? And it was the home of the Pookie Schnackenburger. Uh, tell us a little bit more about that. I think Otto's in here had the restaurant with the, had a phone ordering system, if I remember correctly. That was an interesting story that um, I started looking into that restaurant. I think I just saw like an, an old ad for the Pookie Snackenburger when I was looking through newspapers. And I'm like, what? And so that's how I think I came across that restaurant. But then it, he had he had an interesting story to him. He was one of the first boys at uh, Boys Town, Father Flanagan. He was one of the first five. And then it just kind of was like, oh, that's interesting. That's part of Omaha history. And then he went and opened this restaurant and did pretty well. I think it's still a hamburger type place. 13th Street, 2410 South 13th Street. Reed's ice cream was very popular all over Omaha and Council Bluffs, and they had a particularly interesting story. Uh, tell us about that. Uh, so that one was the one um, where there were protests around, like around the civil rights era. Uh, they were having some unfair hiring practices, and so um, that was one where Omaha Star helped a lot with that chapter. I remember researching with them and how, because they had they had several locations around Omaha and community getting together to kind of force some change, and and it worked. They, they eventually started hiring, stopped discriminating pretty much, and and that was one of the few restaurants where it played out in the news. Tell us about Piccolo Pete's. I understand it opened right at the end of Prohibition. Piccolo Pete's when it opened? Yep, it did the same year the restaurant opened. Yeah, that's what I remember. The scene at Piccolo's on the first night, alcohol was legal, could have been straight out of a movie. Customers spilled out into the street, toasting with mugs of beer all the way down the block. So when you go out to eat, where do you go? Wow, what are your favorites? What kind of places do you choose? Oh, it's really whatever I'm in the mood for. For for a while, I was really in a kick of trying to go to the oldest restaurants where I'm like, okay, wow, I should go to these before. <laughs> like, I don't want these to close too. So we went to those for a bit. But I like trying to find still, like as a, as a kid, I wanted to find new places, like, new cuisines and new places from around the world to try. So I... Um, my lucky kids, <laughs> I, I try to get different, um, introduce them to different kind of foods around the world and try restaurants that have opened up. Um, so like still on my list to try is like, I want to go to okra, which is kind of like an African grill. Um, we have our favorite kind of pizza places. Like La Casa is going to always be my favorite type of pizza. I'm really loving the food trucks and like, I, I, I don't live too far away from the trucks and taps. Have you heard of that place? So it's like, it used to be a Taco John's, I think, and they re they converted it into kind of like a food truck stop. So the taco, the inside is actually like a bar 
that you can order drinks from and then food trucks park around it and then there's still the patio and so there's like a couple core food trucks and then they usually have one or two guest food trucks come in too and so you could order a little thing from each place if you wanted or get a whole meal from the barbecue place or the fish and chips and so that's always kind of a fun whatever i'm feeling like place to go to and then like our only other like we always go to this place is Ted and Wally's ice cream. Like that's a sure thing for anyone in our family. Like my kids used to be a little bit more adventurous, and I could take them to restaurants and they'd try different foods. And now they're kind of at the age where it's got to be cheeseburgers or chicken fingers, and so it limits what I do as a family. <laughs> so unfortunately, oh, we had a good run. We had a good run, and then all of a sudden they started having their own opinions on things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just like so. Oh yeah, that reminds me. We do go to Blatt a lot because. They can be happy with, they can get their cheeseburger and their chicken fingers. And then my husband and I could like have good food too. So that's one local restaurant that we love. Well, one thing that I started doing with my kids actually, and they're, they're more likely to play along with us now, but there's a service, a mailing box service called Universal Yums. And each month they send you a box of treats like candy and chips or whatever from a country and information about that country. And so what we started doing was pairing that box that would get in the month and trying to find a local restaurant that served food from there. And so um, usually we could find something, but we have uncovered some amazing places that we had Ukraine early on, I remember, and there's a Eastern European restaurant like just north of 90th and Blondo, and I can't think of the name now, but it's so good. Um, oh man, so but it's been great. So the kids will actually eat that food if they know that they get to have the try the treats at the end, like and learn about like try some candy bar from Ukraine and it's been fun. So that's an interesting way to kind of be forced to find a new type of restaurant is like, okay, this, this month is, uh, oh, I think Scandinavia was a little tough. We didn't really have, I think we have a Scandinavian bakery, but that was about it as far as in Omaha area. The German one was fun. We went and got food from the German American society. So how'd you happen to get into restaurant research anyway? How'd you get started on all this? Well, uh, at the time I was writing about Omaha things, just about exploring Omaha with my kids. And I lucked out and was approached by the publisher. (laughs) And they wanted to know, I'd written about restaurants, ones that were open, and they wanted to gauge my interest in historic restaurants or ones that have have closed and find, find stories about them. And it was more than perfect for me. I worked at the Daily Nonpareil before I'd started my blog and had to do these kind of research projects. And I know I wanted to write a book at some point and never got started. And I just needed that kick in the butt from the publisher and, and in a, a deadline. And that worked out well for me. I, I knew how to research and um, I just took off from there. It was It was a good fit. So my blog, uh, Oh My Omaha, and the topic half the time is Omaha stuff. I um, Back to the nonpareil, I was arts and entertainment editor. And so I wrote about all these things happening in the metro area, and I got to go see them. And I went as a reporter. But when I was at these places, I was thinking how um, I'd love to bring my kids to this and how some people might not realize that this is an exhibit that kids might like. And so the idea came to me of starting this blog where parents would learn about things to do. And once I stopped working at the Nonpareil, it was a good transition. I wanted to keep seeing these things and exploring. And so I just started the blog really. And so Omaha and travel is two of my passions. And I created that blog for it. When I write Omaha stuff, it's 
Omaha Metro, and it's really expands out to Gretna, Council Bluffs. So I definitely have pushed Council Bluffs. Like I was aware of things that were here that were totally worth seeing and that no one knew about in Omaha. And so, and I definitely include stuff here in Council Bluffs. Like it's just, to me, it does feel like it's still all one big community. I think there are some people who still see a barrier and they have no idea what Council Bluffs is beyond like West Broadway and my goal is to definitely bring them in and see what else is out there. So what projects do you have coming up next? Uh, can we look forward to another book? I'm, I'm, I'm waffling on a book, if, I, if I'll do one or not. But I, I am, so I'm still writing on my Omaha, and then I started an Iowa blog. Um, and it's a little, it's, it's under a year old still. It's a new little thing called Let's Go Iowa. So um, I've just been visiting small towns, like little day trips here and there, and finding interesting things to write about. So but I've been spending my time like just exploring my backyard, essentially. There's no shortage of it. And so just Google me or ohmyomaha.com or letsgoiowa.com. I'm on social media, ohmyomaha. Look me up. It'd be great. We've been talking with Kim Reiner, author of Lost Restaurants of Omaha. Thanks for being our guest, Kim. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks to all of you for tuning in to Accidentally Historic. Local history. Some good, some bad, and some very strange. The Historical Society of Potawatomi County.